Aaron Blavy is the author and illustrator of massively popular books like the Bad Guys series and the picture books Pig the Pug and Thumb of the Unicorn. I recently drove down to New York City to interview Aaron at Scholastic headquarters and help him launch his brand new book, Cat on the Run, the first in a trilogy which is set within the world of the Bad Guys books. Now, Aaron has sold something like 45 million copies of his books, but I, I would say the most important 10 or 12 of those copies are right here in the Krasowska house because I absolutely loved reading those books to my son. We read them during the pandemic, so they were just this really fun and bright spot in a really difficult time. And we loved the Bad Guys movie that DreamWorks put out. We saw it on opening weekend. So Aaron lives in Australia, and I caught him on the, the launch day of his new book, I cannot wait for you to read the new book. I can't wait for you to learn about Aaron and, and his life growing up in rural Australia. This is Aaron Blaby's origin story. Origin stories with JJK. That's good. We didn't even rehearse that. High no, it's amazing. Hello. How you doing? So, Aaron, the first question that I would like to throw your way, um, tell me what your world was like when you were a kid. When I was a kid. Um, so I'm Australian, obviously. Um, I lived in regional areas that were very dry. And uh, if anyone here has seen the first Mad Max film, uh, it was shot nearby where I lived, so it looked like that, yeah. Did so. you get to see them filming? Or? No, I was too little. I, yeah. too little but it was, I was obsessed with that film when I was a kid because it was local. It was it's home. Of, yeah, and it was, yeah, <laughs> and it was kind of evidence that there was something cool that could be done around there. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in a place where the only thing that was a valid pastime was sport. Mm. Um, it was Australian rules football, um, which none of you would have heard of, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> But it's, yeah, that's, that was, and I was already a dreamy kid who wanted to make stuff, um, and everybody thought I was insane, pretty did, much. Did you play sports as a kid? No, yeah, no, but, but my, you didn't? No. no. My, my, my dad, who's a very sweet man, and I love him to bits, but he just, his only interest to this day, really, is, is football, and um, he just couldn't believe what he'd been given as a, as, a, <laughs> as a baby, I don't think. Um, but he's, he's enormously proud now, but at the time, just confused for yeah. years and years. So you were, you were like an island yeah. in every aspect of, of like, I mean, Absolutely. where you were and, and where you were in the family and I assume in school as well. Um, you must have had some adults though, I, I imagine, that fostered your interest? The, it was a teacher, there was one. And it was, I moved all the time when I was um, a kid from town to town. Um, and which, and I was an only child, so I was always alone. Mm. And uh, I had a teacher in, now what would, year, year seven, so in your middle school. I went to um, uh, uh, my first high school where I was able to stay for a little while. And I had an English teacher who, I don't know how he initiated it, but he encouraged me to write stories, which I just suddenly was doing. And they were, uh, they were outrageous, I remember. They were quite startlingly um, uh, I don't know, inappropriate, but they were really irreverent. And um, he just kept stoking that fire. And I dedicated one of the pig books to him, just be, which he was really chuffed about. I hadn't seen him in like 35 years and I didn't tell him either. I just let him discover it. And um, he, he, he sent me an email. Um, but yeah, it's, he was the one person who, it, it wasn't, he didn't say anything necessarily. He just kept saying, can you do another one of those? That was funny. Was right, that because, I mean, but that's very loving and giving because what yeah. you could have done is said, uh, yeah. let's, let's talk about this kid's problems. <laughs> like, you need, to, you need yeah. to cut that out or knock that off. Absolutely. And, and I've, my boys, I've got two boys, they're 15 and 18, almost 18 now. But they, all the way through school, reading and the subject of English has been that I've had to really 
push them to be interested in it in a way that I never had to be. And I feel like, in Australia at least, the school system has changed. It's become much less free, I think, than it was. It's been more, yeah. more and more controlled and more and more done by committee, I suppose. And I don't know if a teacher like Mr Murray would um, be able to exist the way that he did back yeah. in 86 you know, when I was in that year. So, yeah, it, it was it was, it was very lucky. And then, well, I guess I went and did a trillion other things that had nothing to do with writing for a really long time, but I think it was just that idea that he was the first person who went, you can make stuff. You've got something yeah. there. Yeah. So so he, he really was a lifeline for you. Yeah, absolutely. And And so at what point in your life then did you say... I could use my imagination. I could write and draw. I assume you were always drawing as a kid too. Were you doodling as well? I was until that year, until year seven. And then there was a kid in my class. His name is Sam Jinks. And he could draw hyper-realism in year seven. He's now a hyper-realist sculptor. They're breathtaking. They're like a, a human being. They're extraordinary. And I sat down next to him in the first week of that year and went, I, I, well, I can't draw. And I stopped and I didn't yeah. draw for almost 20 years. Oh, wow, 20 yeah. years. Yeah. That's a tragedy. Absolutely. I, I didn't, I, yeah, yeah. I, when I think about that, I, it, it takes my breath away. It's, Where was Mr. Murray when you needed him? I know, absolutely. And, <laughs> and when I, 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 I haven't, we were talking about visiting schools earlier, and I haven't visited schools in ages now just because of the, the work rate of the books. But um, when I did, one of the recurring stories I would talk to kids about was... Um, just, I would bring, I would tell them the story about Sam and I would say, just as a cautionary tale, do not do that. No. I regret that enormously. If I'd kept drawing, how I just always think about how much better I would be if I'd had another 20 years of experience that I didn't have, you know? Because everyone has their own voice, everybody has their own handwriting, yeah. everybody has their own way to draw. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think part of the charm of these is the fact that my, and I'm going to contradict myself here, but perhaps the reason the drawings are popular in the books is because they are a little bit scrappy and a little bit unrefined, which is probably because of that big long cap, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, your, your artwork is very, very charming. And, Thank you. And, I, and <laughs> perhaps if you pursued art in a way that you thought you had to draw hyper-realistically, yeah. you never would have gotten to this, right? Yeah. Because it, yeah. obviously there is, there's, there's, it does one no good to say, you know, I, I wish I'd go back in time, because you can't, right? Everything happened, and it happened for whatever reason, and it brought you to here. So in those 20 years that you, that you weren't drawn, mm -hmm. uh, and you had this wild imagination that ostracizes you from peers and your own father, mm -hmm. um, what were you doing? Uh, so the one thing that got me through childhood was movies. I was yeah. I was obsessed with them because they were evidence of a world beyond where I was. Um, so I made at seventeen. I made a, an adolescent choice to go. Well, I love movies. I should be in movies. So I decided to become an actor, which I did for uh, nearly thirteen years. And I am a truly terrible actor. I'm, so if we um, were to look you up on IMDb... You, we, you won't, though. You I won't. mean, I won't now because I'm not getting service. You won't look me up on yeah. IMDb. <laughs> so if you're looking for info about the bad guys films, would we then scroll down and see something you were in? No, no, no. No, not you, at all? No, you, you, okay. won't, you won't be doing that. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> it's... But so I, what, what kind of... It was in Australia. It was mostly theatre, mostly TV. Um, and... I just lost my way. I didn't enjoy it. I never felt comfortable. I always felt, I, I, all the actors, because I, I, when you watch as many movies as I do, I had an acute sense of what good acting was, and it was not what I was doing. And it's because, and I think part of the problem is because what lent to kind of creating a little universe with my world is that I, I like to sort of hover above and look at the whole picture like a director does, I suppose. Yeah. That's the last thing an actor should be doing. An actor should be just inside the character that they're playing. And I was never particularly good at that. I was always sort of levitating above the scene a little bit. So I think that was part of the problem. But I acted. And then I eventually that just... And I worked all the time, but I was just... I don't know. It was just not good. And then I eventually 
because I wasn't enjoying it, I started to paint like 20 years after I stopped drawing. I just had this impulse to paint. I started painting pictures and they were, they were pretty bad for a long time, but then they got better. And, but they were, I was, I, was just, I was painting girls. I didn't know what else to paint. I was just painting things that, um, I was just learning to use paint and painting sort of pretty pictures really. Um, and it seemed kind of, a little pointless, and then I thought, well, what about the, if I took the story that I loved from movies and what I was trying to reach for in acting and put it together with the pictures, and it seems it's such a no-brainer, but I wrote my first picture book, and it was the collision of those two things. But in between, because I never had any money, um, I picked grapes, I worked in a video store, I, um, I, I Eventually, I taught design for a while. I, um, and in a, in a truly awful period, right at the end before Pig the Pug took off, I worked in advertising and I hated every second of it. Um, so yeah, I did all kinds of things constantly because my first eight books, um, they were warmly received, but never they didn't really sell in any big numbers. So I could, and I had two little kids by then, so I, I just I couldn't make a living from it. I get that. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's uh, it, until this guy came out, um, I was always just holding on by the skin yeah. of my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you remember the? Uh, what was that video game? It was an Atari video game where you're swinging on a vine and you have to catch the next vine. Yeah. Yeah, that's yes. what I tell my therapist. What being an author is. Like. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you were living. And, and such a stressful life where you, you had this passion, you had some books out. Um, were they published in the States and in Australia or no, first just in Australia? so they were published by... Um, and <laughs> they did a really, really quite poor job with them. Um, and they, they just... They, I, like, they also, when I look at those books now, they feel like baby pictures to me a little bit. Or they yeah. feel like they're in black and white compared to... Like they're in sepia. They feel like the beginnings of, of something. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I poured my heart into every single one of them. Is you know, working out the jobs and just every time was this deep, deep, desperate yearning to just create something and just release the dove. And, and then a hawk comes Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be Tommy gunned out of the yeah. sky. Yeah, it was, um, that's how it, it felt again and again and again and again and again and again yeah. and again. Uh, and then um, uh, the Scholastic in Australia just approached me. They liked what the, the publisher in Australia really liked. I have, I have a book called Noah Dreary, which is one of those early books which is about a boy who complained so much that his head fell off. And <laughs> it's, um, and I was really fond of that book. It was, it's very odd and not to everyone's taste, but the publisher of Scholastic in Australia really liked it and said, and he said the simplest thing, um, but he said, would you consider doing a book with us and would you consider instead of using, because all my early books had had people in them, and he said, would you consider doing what you do but do it with animals? And I was around 40. The kids were, and I, it was, you talked earlier today about, um, what was the reference you gave? But that last, uh, the eight mile, Eminem's eight mile. Yes, the Eminem, yeah, Eminem the, eight mile moment. Yeah, where yeah. you've got one shot and... That bass line is kicking in yeah, as you're that, doing the art for the book. That's it, that's it. <laughs> and I, I thought, if this doesn't work, I've got to let this go. And, mm. and this sounds like pure nonsense, but it's true. I went for a walk. One day we moved to the... I convinced my family to move to this little country town and I went for a walk and in about an eight hour period, I had the idea for Pig the Pug, the bad guys and Thelma the Unicorn. Wow. They just fell out of the sky. I don't, I'll never understand. I've gone for walks since and nothing even, remo <laughs> nothing even remotely similar. And all you get out of it is a heart health. Yeah, yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it just happened. And then um, uh, it was ridiculous, like right from, right from, it felt, I'm sure it wasn't overnight, but it certainly felt that way. Pig came out. The print run of Pig was bigger than the collective, the first print run of Pig was bigger than the collective print run of all my previous books, all eight of them. And he came out and was immediately popular. 
and then the bad guys, which I wrote thinking there would never be more than one of them. I just thought I'm going to write precisely what I would. And I was trying to get my little boy to get interested in books because he was being sent home with consistently dreary books from school that he just, it was just poor choices. You know, the, in Australia, there's often a, a tub of books at the front of the classroom that they have to take home as readers and they're just really old and jaded and he'd come home and you just, he, he used to make him cry, the idea of reading a book. It was like, oh no. And, and I just wanted to write something that would make him laugh. And I wrote Bad Guys One and I thought this won't necessarily <laughs> go anywhere. And, um, it came out in the book fairs here and just blew up. Like it was, life. yeah, it changed my life. It's the collective sales um, of all my previous books was like 90,000 or something. And the bad guys one did like half a million in like a week. And it just was like, what? And, and, and yeah, everything was different all of I a sudden. I mean, it goes to show something that I often talk to young authors and young artists about is that you, your biggest success is just around the corner and you'll never know that no. unless you keep yeah. hanging in there and, and turning corners. It's persistence. Yeah. It's, it really is. It's persistence and just, it's, it sounds so cheesy, but it's that you, you can't lose a belief in magic as well. I know that yeah. sounds so glib, but it's true. You just have to maintain a belief in, there was always a little voice in my, that was always just whispering and saying, you can't stop. And Ty um, um, is, um, was uh, 11 years ago we met, she worked at um, my previous publisher and she was the one person who was also saying, you gotta keep doing it. And at the point where I was well and truly ready to give it up. Um, yeah, you, it's just, if you just stick at it, and just keep making choice because that's the thing. All of these, none of my book ideas came from. I wasn't looking at or referencing anything in the children's book world in a way. They all were very specific to my experience and things that I love. Like the bad guys doesn't really make any sense. We talked about we pitched it um, as the movie as Tarantino for kids, which is an insane, <laughs> insane thing to say. But that's. But it's because all the things that I genuinely yeah. loved were the things that weren't necessarily for kids. But I had kids, and I, my relationship with my boys was I would always try to make them laugh, and I would always show them things that I think they would think were cool. And I thought, well, I can't show them Pulp Fiction, so I'll write something that has a flavour of that, that they'll go, yeah. oh, that's awesome. I can take the iconography of that and put it into a context that they can dig. And, and I didn't know if that would... I, it seemed like a... Like it, it, it's the it's the actions of a man who had nothing left to lose. I think is what that is, and I did it, and it worked. You know, and it's and and then I've just and and pig is another example. Like pugs are adorable, and everybody loves pugs. And I thought, what if I make one so reprehensible? That, <laughs> that, I have two pugs at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just I, it just struck me. And I grew up with little toy dogs. My parents had them. Um, a, a pug and a sausage dog. You, and a by, wiener by dog. By toy dog, do you mean like small dogs? Yeah, little Not dogs, like, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I grew up with them. And they were really, my parents, had, they were completely untrained and really yappy. And I, as a teenager, I always found them a little bit annoying. And, and um, when I wrote this, it just, just struck me as a funny idea that you take an extremely cute animal and make them ghastly and then put that and then put that in the context of a children's book and again that seemed kind of crazy but um he was the one that especially in australia for some reason um he just took off really fast and i think it was the fact that when he falls out the window when he falls out the window in the first book i don't know if you've if you've read it but he's he's for those of you who haven't he is a mean little dog who won't share his toys and he stacks up all the toys and says they're all mine. And then he just falls out the window and ends up in a full body cast. And <laughs> it's it's like it's a it's a outrageous concept for a picture book, but it it just struck a chord. And then he just each one of them, each one of the stories, he became like because what's lovely is it's about um, about all the worst things about us as people. Like, and then you just take another terrible quality that people can have. And then the foil is Trevor, his little, the little poor little wiener dog who he lives with, who is a delightful little dog. And through him, we see 
how not to behave. And it's, it, again, that is, and especially, you know, picture books are generally so wholesome, and it's, he's not. And it's, I think, I think there's something in that that, I don't know, there's, if I'd approached it by looking at what other people were doing, it, he wouldn't exist, you know? It, it came from a very strange and personal and individual place. And again, just uh, Hail Mary. That, they were all just Hail yeah. Marys. Because you had nothing to lose. Yeah, that's right. It's, yeah. And what's wild to think about is that, you know, there you are, you're in Australia, you're writing these books, you're, you're, you're stressed, you're not sure if this is going to work out. Yeah. But then fast forward in time, and in Northampton, Massachusetts, like, I'm reading your books to my son. Yeah. Uh, our family friend, uh, Finn, who's now a senior in high school, but when he was in about fourth grade, he was obsessed with our pugs, so he got a pug, named it Pig, after right. the books. <laughs> and to think about how, like, there is, I'm sure, not just the pug named Pig in my town, but, like, that there must be so many Pig the Pugs yeah. around the world, thanks to you. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're a big part of people's lives. It's, it's, very, it's a very peculiar feeling. I know... Um, and the, the movie was, that was a very strange feeling. And when we were working, pitching the movie and the fact that we would be in Hollywood and dealing with studios and people, and everybody sight unseen knew the characters and were reading them at home and that happens more and more. And you just never know now whose home these books are in. Because they're you in, never know. Yeah, yeah, and it is the strangest strangest feeling but I, I was talking about this the other day it sort of goes back to what I was talking about that that shift that occurs I remember really vividly that back cover image of them in the car I was really proud of that painting and I and this is like 10 years ago I put I took that picture and I put bad guys episode one coming soon and I put it on Facebook and I thought, this is going to blow people's minds. And it got 14 likes. <laughs> and, and, and that same image is the image of the movie poster. It's the dudes in their car. And um, last year, I was standing in Times Square in front of it. And it was just like nine years from 14 likes to there. It goes to show, especially, I know a lot of young artists that are coming up, like teenage artists, it's brutal for them when they put their art online and either oh. no one likes it or get a lot of negative criticism. Yeah. Oh. And I, so that's such a testament to, like, anything that's happening on your phone is not real. Yeah. You know? I can't do it at all now. So it's sort of bringing it to Cat on the Run. Um, uh, that's partially why I've done a book about how quickly the internet can turn on you. <laughs> because I, I just... Uh, I, I kind of watch my boys dealing with social media and it's just, it's so stressful and you've got to be so careful, you've got to be so smart about how you, and you've got to be so bulletproof in terms of um, what can come at you. And yeah. I'm far too sensitive to have, so I don't, I don't engage at all now, I just have my website and let other people more qualified to, to, to handle all that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. So, uh, so, so for the audience, uh, Cat on the Run, which was just published yesterday, uh, it's about Princess Beautiful, and she is a social media star. Uh, something happens in which she's she's framed, but everyone thinks that she has about she has the nuclear codes, and she's going to blow up the world. And literally everybody turns on her. Yeah. And and she reminds me a bit of Miss Piggy in that she's like this comical, over the top diva. Yeah. And and then it becomes uh, like Leslie Nielsen. Uh, what is that? I don't, any of his movies we have to run. Or Harrison Ford, The Fugitive. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it's, it's, it's a social media-driven um, version of The Fugitive with a highly strung cat, Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and it exists in the same universe as The Bad Guys. It, yes, I, a, that was really cool yeah, that, to see that yeah. in, the, in the background illustrations, you, you see little glimpses of, of the bad guy characters, and it's the same news reporter, right? That's right, yeah. 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 So it actually works as a prequel because it's the it's before the bad guys went good. They're still shady. They're still on the FBI's most wanted list. At Is the, it the Bladeyverse? Yeah, the Bladeyverse. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I got a I got a trademark. There. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Wait, it turns up on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Bladeyverse trademark. <laughs> um, so you had great success with. Uh, the bad guys movie, which so for anyone who knows anything about Hollywood, 
is, is so difficult. You have to have so many planets aligned and you have to survive so many different teams who get fired and then rehired and placed in different positions. And it achieved something that so few book adaptations do, which is it felt like the book on the screen. Yeah. You know, it, it, the characters felt like the characters we knew from the books. Um, there were some, you know, a few scenes. That, like, I remember that scene, but like, I think the beauty of a book adaptation isn't to see the book on screen beat by beat by beat because it's a different medium. And, and I think any movie that tries to be too close to the book, it ends up being a really boring film. Uh, so could you talk a little bit about the blood, sweat, and tears you had to shed mm-hmm. to, to get it to that point? And, and, and by that meaning, so anyone knows anything about Hollywood, the only time you have power as the author is right before you sign the contract. And after that, um, they'll say, oh, we'll show you what we're working on. Um, but they really don't necessarily care about your opinion unless you endear yourself to them in some way. Yeah. So yeah. it's just the accent? I need mean, Australian <laughs> accent. <laughs> Americans <laughs> love accents. They, they do. <laughs> um, but I actually think one of the things that really helped is all those years of being so deeply obsessive about movies and having been, and all those years I wasted as an actor and all those years that I suddenly found myself, and all the years in advertising that I hated, it formed a skill set that made me unexpectedly good in those Hollywood rooms. I could speak the language and I could shoot down bad ideas and argue for better ones. And um, it's, it's a really complex situation because you're absolutely right, you can't say it should be like this. You have to convince people really gently that well, that we could do we could make them all into bananas or something. But no, but what if we kept them like this and then argue really well why And that's then when the, the case. executive claims that as their idea well, you say brilliant. That's that's right. <laughs> and, that, and that actually happens a lot. It is amazing how that but but it's if you just and, and Thelma the Unicorn is, she's out uh, next year, the film. It's a big animated musical on Netflix. And she is looking great now. And that's been a long process too. But the bad guys were six years from, from selling the idea to, selling the book to the movie coming out. And yeah, the main concern for me was making sure the characters all felt like the characters. The story, it didn't matter to me so much. I love that they used the cat in the tree and that they used snake eating all the guinea pigs and all of those yeah, moments. Yeah, yeah. But um, it, 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 that didn't matter so much. It just had to be the, the guys, the car, Agent Fox. They, all those things had to be there. As long as they were there and were recognisable, I knew kids would see that and go, yeah, this is the bad guys. And, and the really depressing part is like, that sounds so simple, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it's, oh, it no. is a Herculean effort Absolutely. To, to get to that so point. So at one point during the process, um, there was, because we had the boss of the studio changed three times during the process of the bad guys getting to the screen. And each time there's a new boss at a studio, what they tend to do is go, all right, well, all of that stuff was being made by the old boss, so we're going to get rid of all of it and we're going to start again. So projects get dropped all the time. The bad guy somehow survives the three things, but the guy in the middle, he had a whole bunch of ideas that he wanted to eat, and Mr. Piranha was turned into a bat at one point. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't tell me that. Um, they were planning to just drop that on me at some point, and then he, like it often happens, got removed and somebody else came in, and the bat disappeared before they had to tell me or try to sell that idea to me. And then the person who came in the third one, Margie Cohen, who runs DreamWorks now, she immediately greenlit it, and it was it was a way. And she was a fan of the books, so that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the thing. You've just in those meetings because we shopped, we took the bad guys to every studio in town um, uh, because we wanted. That's the thing. I. It sounds really arrogant, but I knew the bad guys was really cool, and I didn't. I knew I'd never have another idea that was quite as cool as that, so I didn't want to just give it away. I would rather have not made a film of it than let someone mess it up. So we took it everywhere, and everybody made their pitch, and the the studio that were the biggest fans of the books were DreamWorks. That's um, beautiful. But and Damon, who you said you, um, you I, know, well, yeah. I I had a project with DreamWorks for a while. My book, I have a picture book called Punk Farm, and 
you know, by nature of the way these things work, it just it fell apart. You know, they they're like we're, we're we're at that time they're like we are moving away from talking animal movies, and so we're dropping this project, right? And that that just happens. And they, you know, Kung Fu Panda came out after that, and they're like, oh, that can make money, and we're going to be focusing on talking animal movies right now. Um, but you have to weather the storm. I mean, I've had three different books have nine different movie options from like any, you imagine a logo that pops up on the screen, I've had an option with them at some yeah. point. Um, but again, you don't know what's around the corner. So I remain persistent about it because I mean, it's inspiring to see how well bad guys did and it was really good. Like yeah. that doesn't always happen, you yeah. know? Um, and, and I think what you shared is such a testament to any of the young people who hear that story of uh, one, you know, don't don't compare your art, but also like when you're coming up, don't beat yourself up so much for where you're at because you have no idea where you're going. Mm. And clearly, like every experience that you had, even though you might have been miserable at the time, you were able to use to your benefit later yeah. with, with skills, yeah. whether it be in a in a conference room or 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 designing. Oh, these worlds. You know, I often tell young illustrators too, like when you're an illustrator, you also kind of have to be an actor because mm -hmm. you're embodying these characters, but you also have to be the yeah. director because you're creating the shots. And so where the actor has the, the stage, the artist has the page. Yeah. So like there's, n I knew nothing of what you just told me, but nothing surprises me right. having, knowing your work. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's that thing of there's a play, there's a park, there's botanical gardens in Sydney, and there's a tree I call the sobbing tree. When I worked so sobbing the tree? sobbing tree, when I worked in advertising, across the road from it, every lunchtime I would just go and sit under that tree, and and I, I I'm not ashamed to say I would sit there and cry most days and go, it's why won't this work? Wait. Why won't it work? And then. And and I, I cannot walk that path. It, it it just the 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 odds of this happening seemed so remote at that point that I thought I've just got to let that voice that had been there since I was a little boy that said there's something else more than this was just about to go, and it um it 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 didn't. And it's that thing I just couldn't I couldn't let it go. To be uh, clear. Does everyone call it the sobbing tree, or no, you just call it? me? Oh, just I me. thought like it was yeah. this weird thing in Australia. Yeah, yeah, There's one yeah. tree in town yeah. that everyone cries under no, when they just, need it. Just my personal <laughs> one. Just my personal one. But yeah, it's it's quite a significant personal landmark for me now. Because I do think that we, when people ask, you know, how do you write for kids, it's because like that kid still lives up in my brain. Mm, yeah. You know, I, I am I am writing for the me that I was, mm. because I know there are kids out there that are. Yeah. Right. And um, speaking of kids that are, uh, I would love to open this up to questions. If anyone would like to ask any questions about the sobbing tree <laughs> or um, Aaron's lowest of lows when he thought he was going to give up, any of those questions, he's happy to talk off. <laughs> anything, anything you want to know. What do you want to know? Anybody got And any? just raise your yeah. hand, and there's someone running around with. Uh, Don't be shy. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yes, Hi. Right. Um, I'm very curious. You, you talk about the, the 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 walk, yeah, where you got all those ideas, the so you walk, remember yeah. that very clearly. Um, but many years of struggle to even to to reach that. Do you remember the 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 time and place where you felt okay, this is gonna be okay, and and what that feeling was like? I I I, I think it was. I know it was the first day. I mentioned the print run for Pig the Pug. The first print run was was 40,000 copies and there had been nothing remotely like that to that point. And I was standing on, I lived on a really steep hill in a little house in the mountains and I, my publisher called and we we're talking about something else and I said to her, what's the print run? Um, assuming it would be one or 2,000 like everything else had been. And she said, "Ah, oh, the first one we're going to do forty thousand. And I and I I froze, and I actually panicked. I thought they're never they're just going to be a warehouse full of books that no one's going to want. Um, but then it sort of sank in that the commitment behind it from Scholastic, and I thought, wow, if they're taking it that seriously, maybe I'm under something here. Um, <laughs> and 
and and and th then they printed it again in like a couple of weeks, and I just couldn't. And that was then I just realised that it was about to something was happening, um, and then that surreal phone call from America about um, the bad guys in the schools that that was just too big to process at the time. You know, there's been a series of things that have been difficult to process in the last 10 years because it's been nearly 10 years that things have gone really well. But um, from leaving high school to the age of 40, um, I can pretty confidently say nothing worked out <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as, as planned, nothing, nothing at all. So then to reach a point where suddenly it's been one surreal explosion after another has been just utterly bizarre, but I'm incredibly grateful for that in a way because I think um, there's nothing about the situation that I'm in that I remotely take for granted. <coughs> I'm just, it, it, it's, I'm just so um, deeply overwhelmed by what has happened. Um, and I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm just, so proud of it, I suppose, too. It's just a, an extraordinary thing to have been <laughs> in the middle of. Um, and, yeah, even just being here or being at the airport, in arriving in the States and going in to get a magazine or something and seeing my books in American airport bookstores, it's like, man, that still, that still does my head in. I can't, I can't process that. Because I, I remember the first book I did, my very first book in Australia, it was released and it was in a bookstore and I snuck in and I signed it and the, it was my, the one with my signature on it was there for like the rest of the year. Oh. And, I and learned the hard way when you do that, don't date it. Because yeah. I went bought one from like three years prior, yeah. early in my career and I went, oh, oh no. Look yeah. at all they have it. Oh, they yeah. had it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, no, I, I, I've never forgotten that. And that's, that's what it was like for the longest time. And then there was that whole period too when borders went away and and um, and I remember, and everyone was saying books are dead and there won't be and I that was when I was working in advertising. It was that feeling of I missed it. There was it just it's just no chance for this. But yeah, it was ridiculous. And the idea when we moved and when I moved my family away before the walk, it was insane. I had two little kids and we moved up there and I thought I'm just going to do this. And I, there was no plan B. I don't know what we would have done. I really don't. But it worked out. Hmm. Um, Beautiful. What else? Nothing. You got nothing. Wait. Oh. Go. So, with all the excitement, how do you how do you still enjoy it, but pushes it aside a little to to write and still find your creative place? Um, well, to this point, the beautiful thing has been the bad guys blew out into this long arc of a story which I had significantly, like in the last, a period of about five years ago, after the first number of them, and they were, which they were much more episodic, I thought, no, I'm gonna really commit to a big arc with this, this thing is working. And I've known how the bad guys ends for a long time, it ends next year. Episode 20 is the last one. and. I've known what the story was going to be, so I've been swimming in their universe. And Pig was effectively the same book with just with you know different scenarios. Like you know, it's just a running gag. So I did those, and then ten of those felt like a perfect amount. They were done. Thelma was done after two. Bad Guys is twenty. Cat is three. And I'm in a place now where I've just finished them. I've just finished episode twenty, and I've just finished Cat three. They're drawn. And it, it, whisper it, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Um, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that I could do. I had a whole bunch of ideas that could be really cool. But I've done 40 books in 10 years. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to disappear for a while. <laughs> a, nap, uh, a nap sounds like <laughs> <a little bit>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please, like, a, like Forrest Gump. I'm just going to publisher starts cross sending the country. you like yeah. pamphlets about yeah. the importance of exercise. Yeah. <laughs> well, you a man at your age should be walking. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, right. Max had his hand up. Right here. Oh, hey, man. 
Here, we've got a, we've got a, a, a microphone for you, Max. So, what inspired Cat on the Run? Oh, there's a couple of things. Um, I've got a cat, um, <laughs> and her name's Maud, and she's a real princess. So that, there was that. And then I don't know why. Often it's just two things, two ideas in your head that'll just click together. And I was thinking about social media and my kids sort of obsessed with TikTok. And I've been watching that thing too where, you know, where kids have to communicate now with Snapchat where they can't just send a message. They've got to, photo, they've got to film themselves sending mm-hmm. it. And they've, no matter, even if they're having a bad day, they kind of got to pretend they're, they're not. And I don't know, that sort of hit me. And then I was, I don't know why, but I started thinking about the old movie The Fugitive where someone gets accused of something they didn't do and have to go on the run and prove their innocence. And I thought, well, what would somebody these days where everybody has a camera and if, what, if you were, what if you were famous like Kim Kardashian is famous and you had to be on the run? How would, how would that work? And then I looked at my cat and I went, aha. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> so it's, and, and, and yeah, but it's, all of those thoughts happen in like that and it's like, oh, and you wrote it down. It had some other weird name for a while and then it was, yeah, and then it, it, had, it went through a few names and then, um, yeah, she tumbled out really. And, and what was interesting too is that she didn't start as a book. She started as a movie. So there is a movie of Cat on the Run in development at the moment and um, I pitched it as a movie first and then I thought, actually, would the three acts of the movie would actually make three cool instalments of a book. So that's, that's where she came from. Yeah? It's OK. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the microphone. Um, so what is your process of creating, um, I guess, in the past, what was your process of creating the bad guys or Cat on the Run? Like, um, Obviously, you do graphic chapter books. Do you illustrate them first? Do you write a script first? Do you, um, I don't know, the, outline? The process was largely in the last few years at least because I, I had an idea of the... I knew the major beat that I had to cover in because I had the big, long arc story of the bad guy, so I would know which major signpost moment I would want in each story. And, and I, would, I would usually figure out what the cliffhanger would be that would then lead into the next one. And then I would, um, I, I'd sort of write out, I'd break it into chapters, what I would want to knock off in each thing and how I would want it to build. And then I would write it like a screenplay, really. Um, and then I would do a series of rough drawings, um, which I would scan into the computer and then put my script on it and then just play jazz with that for a while until it felt funny enough and interesting enough and dynamic enough. And then once that's done, I would move on to finished art. So it was largely like that, really. Um, but the reason that I would have loved to have pawned off my artwork to somebody more competent than I am at drawing, but in my head, it's so clear how it's meant to play that it just inherently became... It was just easier for me to draw it. I've ne- I don't think of myself as an illustrator. I know I am. But I don't really think of myself as one. I don't. I, it's just a means for an end, means to an end for me. Um, I, there's a story in my head I want to tell, and I tell it as clearly as I can with my moderate drawing skills. And it, but I think there's a charm to that, so that's why I've I've also not messed with that and let that continue on. Picture books were different. I would walk. I would walk. And something about the rhythm of walking, I would sort of write. On, it's very unromantic. I would just write on my phone. Pig was a pug, and I'm sorry to say. Da, 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 but da, 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 with da, da. a cool pen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool stylus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. No, so, so that was that was it, largely. I would just... Um, uh, but the process is... There's been two Bad Guys books a year for 10 years, and that's... But it was a great idea, I think, to do two a year because it means kids don't have to wait too long for the next instalment because it's a cliffhanger. But once you're on that train, each book is so much work. Because you've got to remember, okay, including Cat on the Run, for the last three years, I begin every year with a blank page and by the end of the year there has to be 600 pages of illustrated content done. 
and that with all the movie stuff um, has been just a gigantic amount of work. It's been it's so beautiful and so satisfying, but it's I think it's it's why it's time for that walk because it's um it's been a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you talked a little bit about your experience with social media. Are you mm. kind of hoping that maybe this book talks to kids about some of the ridiculousness about it and the not to take it so seriously, either the highs or the lows? I'm hoping so, yeah. I mean, look, it's one of those things. I don't like anything that I do to be prescriptive or to feel like there's a, there's a great big hairy message in there. But um, it's, it's like, the, you know, the bad guys is about, you know, shady characters trying to stay on the right path and that in itself is quite a good message but it, it's it's you know it's delivered in a roller coaster and and I think this is the same but yes absolutely social media um, and that's the other thing too about it is if you're doing if you're writing a book for kids now like like certainly in this form it strikes me as if you're I just look at my kids and you know, TikTok and whatever, is if you're trying to do something that feels relevant to kids as well, is to do something that just feels like it's set with well within their world, but then it's satirised in a way that they can dig, that doesn't feel like it's been done by an old man who's going, oh, no, this is, <laughs> this is not good where you're heading. I didn't want... That, that wasn't interesting to me. It was how can I reflect what's happening, make it feel familiar to kids... And then make fun of it at the same time, and I think, and 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 hopefully, because because it's absurd in the book, the, the internet turns on her instantly. So she's she's deeply loved, and then in a heartbeat, everybody just goes, she's she's evil, and it's and that that struck me as really funny, but also really pretty accurate. Um, it happens all the time, you know. So. Um, yes, it feels. I didn't set out to write something really timely, but it, it does feel like it's kind of the time that it is meant for, I suppose. Yeah. Great. Great. Oh. Great. One. Great. Yeah. Uh, I'll repeat this. So, what's a fun and or wholesome? Yeah, just like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like, yeah, that would be a great question to yeah. end on. Like, yeah. um, what, what is, a, what is a, a moment that you had with a, a reader that um, sticks out? What's my favorite thing? Um, I just, you know, kids will, it, what always amazes me is when kids. Uh, they, the cliffhangers really kill some kids. It's like they, oh, yeah. they, they kind of grab me by the lapels and want to know what's going to happen. And that, that stuff is really beautiful. You know, this is this is this is slightly hijacking your question, but I thought of this today. I was at Books of Wonder, and um, there's a, a, a signed copy of um, Where the Wild Things Are is there. And my favourite story I've ever heard about that. This isn't about me. I'm, I'm segueing away, but it, it's a great story if you don't know it. Morris Sendak, who wrote Where the Wild Things Are, he got some fan mail from this little boy. And he, he wrote back, he was touched by it, and he wrote back and drew a little picture and sent it to this kid. And the mother got in contact with Morris Sendak and the little boy, when he got the letter, he was so overwhelmed by it that he ate it. <laughs> he, just, he just gobbled it up. And I, that's my, I don't think I can top that story. There's the, and the other story that I've ever heard about, and I love this one, again, it's not mine, but it's brilliant. There's an Irish comedian, he plays a little Casio keyboard. I can't remember what his name is, David someone or other. But he was doing a show for kids, and, uh, and this kid put his hand up, and he said, yeah, what's your question? And the kid said, is this going to get good soon? <laughs> 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 I love that too. Um, but yeah, look, all of my, I, like I, again, I visited, it was over a number of years, but I visited about 218 schools. I'm pretty sure it was 218. And I would go in and a bit like a stand-up comedian, I would take a new book in scribbly form and I would put it on a screen and I would sort of act it out and do the, read it to the room. And 
if it felt like some parts were losing their attention, I would go back and I would rework things. I have a really silly book called Piranhas Don't Eat Bananas, which doesn't really work in America because it doesn't rhyme here. Um, but in Australia, <laughs> it's Piranhas Don't Eat Bananas. So it, it rhymes. Piranhas Don't Eat Bananas? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't cut it here, no. <laughs> um, but in Australia, I, that one particularly, it's a very silly book, but it was got huge laughs all the way through and then the last page, it always fell flat and then I just reworked it in front of kids and did that. So I would always have these moments where... Um, yeah, over you know, I met sort of thousands and thousands of kids, and it was always just awesome. And it was, and I, I think it was just, I don't know, you just you'd go to places too where there would often be not much hope, and there's something really nice about being this sort of person from another planet who comes in, and you, I don't know, it's a bit like that stuff when we're talking about Mr. Murray and seeing things that just felt like evidence of something else and you just never know which kid out there is going to go, well, if that guy can do it, you know? It's, I, I love that. But, yeah, sorry. But, I, yeah, I gave you a Morris Sendak story instead of one of mine. Well, I can give you an Aaron Blaby story. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, talking about cliffhangers for the end of the book, but you also do a remarkable job of a cliffhanger at the end of a chapter, which then is like, you know, dangling the carrot to keep reading. And as a parent reading to your kid, uh, you know, you might end on a certain chapter. You have to get to bed. And uh, the quote from my son when we would stop at a chapter, oh, man, come on. We read one more chapter. <laughs> and the fact that both parent and child would both be like, you know, let's do one more chapter <laughs> is a big win. So congratulations on everything that you've been able to achieve. And we're grateful for you. I hope that you enjoyed this origin story. Again, I'm Jared Krasoska. Please find me at studiojjk.com or anywhere on social media via at studiojjk. If you'd like to support the show, please write a review, tell all of your friends about the pod, or you can visit studiojjk.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for listening and supporting the show via my shop, use code podcast to receive 10% off your order. Autograph copies of my books, commission artwork, or purchase original artwork from one of my books. Please visit studiojjk.com forward slash shop. Any of those actions will help me continue to get these origin stories out there. Happy reading.